1: We sailor, what we do with a drunken sailor, what will we do with a drunken sailor, what will we do with a drunken sailor, and a light and the, and... the ship, with black sails, that's crewed by the dam. Welcome aboard the Black Pearl. Welcome to The Black Pearl Show, a Pirates of the Caribbean podcast where we analyze, scrutinize, and plunder Pirates of the Caribbean films and, yes, the expanded universe. We dabble in history, stress the euphemisms, and strive to have a hell of a good swashbuckler time each and every week. That's what I have to say so far. Because I'm Scott Artis from scottartis.com.
0: And I'm Heather Artis from blackpearlshow.com. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
1: Oh, my God, I got to cue the music. You actually got the URL right. You know our web address now. Congratulations. I, I
0: had to look back at notes.
1: You had to look back at notes? You were almost there. But you got it. You actually nailed it. And that's not even editing out, like, the 400 other URLs that you normally go through.
0: i do one.
1: Well, you did it. Congratulations. But, man, just as I thought things were settling down a bit, just ramps right back up. Like, the Dauntless is on my arse. Coming at me with guns a-blazing. But nobody wants a ship on their butt. With cannons firing especially. Like I said, we stress the euphemisms. It's not pleasant. Anyways, I'm a bit tired of the excuses, if I do say so myself. But I was just hammered again this week. Firstly, we started this massive work project to recreate floodplain lost a century ago or so to help save endangered coho salmon in California. Specifically, Marin County. It's a huge undertaking with the removal of more than 13 million pounds of soil. Dirt. To the layman like Heather. Really? Secondly, and more pirate-like than Salmon, I'm up for an appointment to an advisory council under the purview of NOAA, you know, the uh, National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration. No guarantees. Keep my fingers crossed. But I'm being considered and that would have, like, it had me involved as an advisory role for national marine sanctuaries,
0: which sounds just pretty cool. Would that make you a real pirate?
1: That's exactly right. Because as you know, a pirate's first love shall always be the sea. <laughs> but yeah. So all that was happening this week. Plus all this other work stuff that meant late nights and no pirate talk. Hey, you better be careful. if you I mean, nobody can see you, but you're holding a Voldemort's wand to your neck. That's dangerous stuff right there. That's a side of what's actually happening in the studio.
0: I- I'm actually projecting my voice.
1: Oh, is yeah. I think that was from the movie. But this isn't Harry Potter talk. Because as I was saying, there was no pirate talk, nothing. It was just late nights and work and getting things into the government and all that kind of stuff. Which, of course, is, shall I say, pure blasphemy. But pirates, pirate time. It's almost like we got to get the show officially started since we're on a big delay. Yeah, a big delay. I do apologize for that. But really, I could not find any time to squeeze it in. I really couldn't. During
0: sleeping hours? Yeah,
1: during sleeping hours. But yeah, so for that, I apologize. And it was all my fault. I will take all the blame for this.
0: And the people have been patiently waiting to hear the winner.
1: I know. That is the other thing. It's like we were right on the cusp of this whole contest, and then all of a sudden we disappear. They're like, they just scammed us and ran off with the goods.
0: Maybe we should make them wait until the end of this episode.
1: (laughs) Actually, that is where I have it slotted. But you shouldn't (laughs) have said anything. You let the cat breathe. Out of the bag. Thanks for joining us, though, so we can get this show a-rolling for Season 2, Episode 100. I mean, if we're really being sticklers for the episode, numbers I was talking about last time. Today we are officially at 251. 251 freaking episodes about Pirates of the Caribbean.
0: It's crazy we've had to listen to you that many episodes. Walk the
1: plank! A, how dare you, and B... B? <laughs> yeah, I'm going to insert, a. Uh, A thing here during the editing process since I (laughs) forgot to cue up our soundboard. Good job. Yeah, exactly. All hell's breaking loose. But like I said it before, the first and longest running Pirates of the Caribbean podcast. Unbelievable. Honestly, it really is. Who'd have thunk we'd still be doing this 251 episodes later? People are wondering out there, are they really with our back and forth crazy schedule thing happening lately? But yeah, that's pretty shocking. But what I didn't expect to find in my... Daily Pirates of the Caribbean sales was an entire selection of fan films. Yes, Pirates of the Caribbean, Jack Sparrow fan films. Because I always peruse the news before I take off onto a show. And, uh, well, you know, it's a Black Pearl show. We're kind of analyzing and scrutinizing fan films one minute at a time. Come on. I'm no stranger to fan films. I mean, I've seen a few. As a Star Wars fan, I know that these things exist. And I'll be honest, though. Saying I've seen a few is actually accurate. I mean, it's not like my typical hyper... hyperbole. I can't even say hyperbole. I was going to say hyperbole, <laughs> But yeah, I mean, I tend to exaggerate on the rare occasions. Heather probably knows that.
0: Exaggerate?
1: I said exaggerate slightly. But as far as fan films, I really haven't jumped into that ship. But what I didn't realize is that there also exists all this fan film stuff behind the scenes for Pirates of the Caribbean. It shouldn't be shocking, but I was unaware that this was like a genre for this stuff. Pirate festivals, yeah. I mean, pirate reenactments, surely we all want to play pirate with swords. Drink some rum. But pirate films by fans. I had no idea. Did you?
0: No, but it doesn't shock me.
1: That's what I said. It doesn't shock me either. But I wasn't expecting it. No idea that this was a thing. It's not that I can't imagine it. It's that I never thought about it. Because everything is possible when it comes to the pirate world. Let's just be honest with that. Even mermaids. Mermaids are at the NorCal Pirate Festival. That they were. But I didn't realize people were making their own Pirates of the Caribbean films. Pirates of the Caribbean audience, obviously, when it comes to Facebook, which is my only barometer. I haven't really measured anything. I mean, they're not like dollars. So it's not like I researched all the dollars. And obviously, Star Wars is the juggernaut. You know, oh, I'm the juggernaut. (laughs) but That's obviously a reference to the juggernaut in one of the uh, X-Men movies.
0: Was it Deadpool?
1: Okay, yes. So... You're correct. Now look at what you did. You've opened up a thing. But the guy who says, Oh, I'm the Juggernaut! With that kind of squeaky voice, was not in Deadpool. That was a really big gargantuan guy. But anyways, this isn't X-Men Marvel talk here. Although related, Disney, Harmony. But by sheer number of likes, and like I said, Facebook is my only barometer of things here because I didn't count up dollars or toys and all that stuff. And I did admit that Star Wars was a Juggernaut, but Pirates of the Caribbean... The official page has 23 million likes. And then there's a separate Captain Jack Sparrow page. It has 19 million likes. That's compared to Star Wars, which has just a mere baby 19 million. So 42 compared
0: to 19.
1: There you go. That's what I'm saying. Who is the juggernaut? I'm the juggernaut. Actually, is how you're supposed to say that. But it's possible Pirates is when it comes to Facebook likes. When it comes to toys and books and... Everything well, there's else more Star there.
0: Wars toys than pirates toys. I wouldn't
1: know anything about that. Not that I have a giant Star Wars collection.
0: And Star Wars has been around since the 70s.
1: That is correct. You have everything you said in that statement was actually true. <laughs> Congratulations, young Padawan. But does that make me a bad Pirates of the Caribbean show host? Yeah. The Black Pearl show is in this world. So how is it that I never knew about these fan films? Because the reason I came about this is that there's this sci-fi channel. Okay. Kind of said that weird. But yeah, there's the Sci-Fi Channel. But they posted an article ranking the top 10 fan films. So I'll have to like watch these things and see what's up.
0: You haven't even watched no, them No, I yet? haven't watched
1: them yet. I, I just... It's an odd
0: thing for you to bring up and not have to yeah, watch I them I know, yet.
1: but I it just was in my mind because I just did the news thing. And this was like a thing on Google News for Pirates of the Caribbean. So I figure, well, hell, I guess I'll just go post those in the Cursed Crew listeners Facebook group. Then everyone can comment away as desired, and then I can watch Watch them them and then comment as well later on. Yeah. Hey, did you not hear just a little bit ago how I said I've been really under the? And how many fan
0: films of Star Wars have you watched?
1: Just a couple. Really? Yeah, I swear. Really? Yeah, and maybe a Star Trek one. But I do. It's not something I really watches the fan films. I haven't done that. It's probably dangerous if I got into doing that. I'd like to make one. Because I like the creativity of it, but watching them, I just—I don't know—something weird about it. Now I have shown you some, and they're really some of them could be really good. Okay, we're going to leave it there. Yeah, we'll leave it there. Because as you mentioned earlier, too, when we were starting up, and just like the blooming cockroaches that we are, the winner of the contest coming up later in the show. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, the tease! Everybody's like, "Oh, oh, you." Cynthia's going.
0: Oh my god! Yeah,
1: Cynthia is. Probably going. What in the hell happened? <laughs> she already knows that we're she, she knows we're missing in action. Everybody yeah, I else. I think is. she's
0: actually posted a couple things like where are you going? <sighs> where are you?
1: I got to get back on that. Thing. Where's
0: the ne- heck <laughs> I've been episode. so beat down.
1: I've been so beat down. Okay, but for now, pirate word of the week. Ahoy there, scallywags! Pirate word of the week in five, four, three, two, yar. What in the blimey hell is the word of the week?
0: Long clothes.
1: Long clothes. Yes. Of all the excitement, of all the things that we're talking about, the contest, you come up with long clothes. Yep. Okay, this this better be good. Because
0: I found it interesting.
1: Okay, interesting is good.
0: It's a style of clothing best suited to land. A pirate or a sailor doesn't have the luxury of wearing anything loose that might get in the way while climbing up riggings. Landsmen, by contrast, can adorn themselves with baggy pants, coats, and stockings. Now, all the pirates I have seen yeah. have had baggy pants and baggy shirts and they're on. They're not running
1: around in leotards here.
0: No. So does that even make sense?
1: I don't know what's going on with that. Maybe baggy er clothes. Maybe people in I mean, the day were walking around almost in potato sacks. That's how baggy. It I, was. I don't
0: understand because they're wearing coats that are dangling, and the pirates. I mean. And their pants aren't exactly tight.
1: The captains are. And let's their say shirts
0: that. are all dangly.
1: But not the, I don't think the regular crewmen are, from what we saw. Not dangling like that. They're not all running around in coats. That's true. I think that. But
0: they all got like baggy arm sleeves.
1: Puffy shirts. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Seinfeld, for ever putting the pirate puffy shirt in there.
0: You <laughs> got a I donation mean, to the, an old
1: scallywag? The
0: puffy shirt is known to be pirate. That it is. So, does it make sense?
1: See Seinfeld episode The Puffy Shirt, and you'll get an idea of what people think of The Puffy Shirt, and that you are a pirate.
0: Didn't that season come with a... But I don't want to
1: be a pirate!
0: Didn't that season DVD come with a little tiny Puffy Shirt?
1: It did, actually. (laughs) Nice recall. Ah, the 1990s. Okay, that's good brought up some interesting thoughts but yeah i think that has to do more with captains and stuff wearing the big coats and stuff but you don't see the regular sailor types okay the everyday crewmen out there all running around in giant barbosa hats and jackets <laughs> that would get a little tiresome just climbing up and down with all that stuff they're like oh my god this stuff is just too baggy <laughs> in the previous minute jack reassures elizabeth swan that his um, compass works yeah Maybe. It points in the right direction. But why let the euphemisms die there when the minute continues and let's not forget that everyone is sitting on that good old longboat. Jack is clutching his jar and Pintel and Rigetti are discussing Davy Jones's Kraken. All in a Pirate's Day of Metaphors, I say. Or Kraken. Or Kraken. It doesn't work as well with the euphemism,
0: though. <laughs> minute 104
1: begins with Jack Sparrow having just come ashore on Isla Cruces and grabbed a shovel from the longboat. Says to Pintel and Rigetti as he's walking away, Guard the boat, mind the tide, and don't touch my dirt. The camera goes for the long shot, three figures walking on the sand in the distance. Minute 105 ends with Pintel and Rigetti having just witnessed a submerging flying Dutchman and get a bit of a fright and run towards Jack Sparrow, Elizabeth Swan, and James Norrington. Norrington, who's digging in the sand, hits a solid object, catches the attention of the meditating Jack, and stands up to approach the site. Notice that was a fairly quick breakdown.
0: That was i know did you know they left his dirt behind the very important bar jar of dirt
1: well he's on land now
0: yeah but that means he can't leave the land
1: that's true and i don't know you know i wouldn't even though tia dalma gave me the dirt i don't know if i'd put my life in the hands of a jar of dirt really yeah i say really not to say i wouldn't carry it around but it's not like I wouldn't be a little nervous like he was when he was on the longboat going to shore clutching that jar. That longboat's
0: awful small.
1: That's what I'm saying. I might sprinkle some of that dirt on me. <laughs> I don't know. It'd be like a wedding, you know, with the roses, the, what is that? Usually a girl or boy, the, uh, shoot. What, what is that called? Flower girl? Is that what it's called? Is that what it is? How come this is escaping me at this time? <laughs> Is, is it? That are you obvious? talking about
0: the flower girl or the ring bearer?
1: The flower girl. Don't they like okay. sprinkle ring, yeah. flower petals? Okay, there you go. Yeah. So like, have a dirt girl that could sprinkle in front of the boat <laughs> some of the dirt. You gotta be careful you don't use it all though.
0: But they don't have girls on the ship.
1: That's true. That'd be bad luck. Exactly. Elizabeth is on there.
0: It's bad luck enough.
1: Yeah, she is. But I'm gonna go out on a plank and say that Norrington steals the minute or the minutes. I should say minute one o four. Especially. But almost. I mean, I say almost because the cinematography and music actually steal the scene. But Norrington is a close second. Because there's this dialogue. I mean, there's a bit of flirting between Jack and Elizabeth. I mean, maybe not flirting as much as the idea of Elizabeth torn between Jack and Will with that malfunctioning compass routine thing, right? Right. Jack gives her the nice ass metaphor euphemism. What about
0: you're sitting on it? Yeah,
1: because it's like, or what it wants most euphemism, right? Because she's yes. like, ex- you know, beg your pardon. Because oh. <laughs> she she says, yeah. Does it point to what you want most? And he's like, oh yeah, it is.
0: <laughs> and she's like, are you
1: kidding me? But what, should she really be are you kidding me kind no. of thing after she was just now she's offended after what she just did on the ship yeah. with him? Come on, come on, lady. Exactly. How dare you? Oh, that's right. He was talking about the chest under the sand. That's right. See, all of us had dirty minds in the theater while watching it. If we were all prim and proper, we would have never got that, that to that? begin with. Yeah, if But normally 10 years old. Huh?
0: If we were all 10 years old.
1: Exactly. Now, would a 10-year-old get that?
0: Is oh. that humor
1: for the adults or is that kid? Is that in the realm of children?
0: You know, I'm not around many children, so I don't know.
1: That's a good question. Not these days, I'm not. So, I don't know like what is going on in their minds these days. Yeah. Or younger, yeah. So anyways, but Norrington, he's got the vibe of this disinterested, I'm the cool guy, I'm just doing this because I have a bigger plan. I'm biding my time until I make my move thing. Because he nails that feeling. He's got that eye roll persona down. The downtrodden Norrington. Kind of like him.
0: She's kind of, he's just wondering why she's not flirting with him.
1: <laughs> no, I think, they're, I think they're kind of at odds with each other. Unless he's playing hard to get.
0: Oh, yeah, he is.
1: But it's such a 180 from who he was in the Black Pearl. Oh, yeah. I mean, although, it, and then I'm, you know, I kind of get this. He always had this better than you thing that was always with him. Better than thou? Yeah, better than thou. But when he ignored or eye-rolled his Commodore Norrington, it didn't have that same feeling as when he's just uh, the disheveled mister. No. kind of look gives him that, you know, it's it's almost like he gets that grit with this. Speaking of uh, playing Mr. Norrington there, I have a list for today. A list of my favorite things in this minute. These or are these a minutes. few
0: of my favorite things. Thank
1: you for that. But are you ready for the list? Yes. Okay, here we go. Jack and the classic Peter Pan pose. He has that distinguished pirate stance oh, going on. Yeah. It's classic. It's almost classic Disney. Works really well with him striking a pose. You know, a Vogue thing here. Him and Madonna. Thank you for doing Vogue in the studio here. Burn my eyes walk out. Walk
0: like an Egyptian. What,
1: what? Where does that even come from? The way I- Vogue. <laughs> okay. You need to <laughs> s- step off, The George. way I
0: was moving my hands was more like walk like an Egyptian than Vogue.
1: See? Yeah. And I don't know what's wrong with you, to be honest. <laughs> I really don't. <laughs> but Jack, the classic pose. The white and sand and the blue sky. It's quite the photo op for him. Really is a great shot. Much
0: like the first photo... Fo- uh, the... The first pose we ever seen him in.
1: When he's on the the Jolly Mon salient. It is kind of a callback to that, yeah. Definitely a Peter Pan kind of thing. I don't know, there's there's a lot of references to it. So that was on my list of favorite things. Which is more like
0: Captain Hook, not Peter Pan though.
1: Yeah, that's true. Kinda. But Peter Pan's the one who kind of does that pose though. Yeah. So don't call me out on that. But it also gives like Elizabeth that opportunity to reflect like, oh, Maybe I really do like this guy. <laughs> He's looking pretty uh dashing right there with the blue <laughs> sky and the white sand in his Peter Pan pose. Then, of course, there's Norrington. I already mentioned him. Steals these minutes. Told you why I like it. The disheveled, gritty Mr. Norrington now. Another one on my list is the Flying Dutchman submerging shot. Because the camera appears to have that mounted on the mast feel to it. This computer-generated stuff gets a bit clunky in that the high-definition viewing devices these days and uh, yeah it was made in 2006 with dare I say 2006 technology (laughs) oh the dark ages anyways as the water consumes the lens it gets that animated look a bit but other than that I think it's pretty solid still
0: I think it's kind of cool when uh
1: oh I hope you're not gonna go on to my list I if you get even one of these on my list when I said it was my list you're gonna walk the plank madam
0: when Davy goes underwater.
1: Oh, damn it, woman. Didn't I? The next one on my list. a very brief look of the Dutchman under the surface. How dare you?
0: <laughs> totally spoiled
1: it. The colors, the clarity. Get that shot behind Davy Jones's shoulder. Yeah, I love it. With
0: all his tentacles flowing in the yeah. wind. <laughs> in the water. <laughs> you don't
1: understand how wind works, I think. <laughs> but it's nicely done. That was a nice addition. But what was... It's like it was done just long enough to give us a feel for what it's like. But not overstaying the welcome where things could have felt dated or not held up with the CG. Right. Because it's a fairly quick glimpse of it. Yeah. If it held it there too long, it'd probably start to look a little too animated. Mm. Little bed knobs and broomsticks action, maybe. Probably. Another one on my list before you jump to it. Jack whistling at Norrington like he's a dog.
0: (laughs) Man. (laughs) Reiterating
1: how low the former Commodore has sunk. Jack actually gives us a, come here, Norrington. Good boy. You know, sit, Ubu, sit. Good dog. (laughs) Terry and Ted really doubled down on the reminder that the once Commodore is now just Jack's little errand boy. Digging his hole, grabbing stuff for him, swabbing the deck with his own fancy to-do wig. Yeah, not good for Norrington. (laughs) Not at all. But we're really setting up that Norrington is this... Nobody? Yeah, this downtrodden fall from grace kind of guy. Yeah. Because then when he potentially climbs that ladder again, we'll be like, ah, oh, Norrington's back to where he was. Another one
0: on my Can list. Can he go back to normal after this? Well,
1: it's the the rise and fall of Commodore Norrington. Yeah. There you and go. And the rise again? The rise, the fall, the rise and the fall and the rise. Yeah, you're right. The rise, the fall, the rise of Commodore Norrington. Anyways, uh, I was saying, the color, the azure, the perspective, everyone in the distance. I really love it. That cinematic moment with all three of them walking towards the digging site—the distance puts sand and shallow water between us and the characters. Blue skies, blue water, like the bluest you could ever get,
0: and white sand.
1: Yep, I like azure. white sandy beach. The white sandy beach of Hawaii is.
0: This isn't Hawaii.
1: Oh, that is true. But if you like kind of the island music, check out Is. This brought to you by <laughs> Is. <laughs> I do like his Hawaiian music. It really calms me down, gets me in the mood. Not the damn it! The mood of (laughs) being calm. How dare you? (laughs) The mood of being calm. Damn it. You're taking you're taking euphemisms way too far here.
0: I I need to be playing Ismore.
1: (laughs) Hey, that's ridiculous. Now I'm gonna have to edit that out. How dare you? God (laughs) And I knew this show would take a turn for the worse. <laughs>
0: oh, I said it.
1: I meant the mood of being calm. Just like calm and collected. If I'm like, <laughs> damn it.
0: That's not what you said.
1: That is correct. I, I completely said that wrong. Oh, yeah, I did. Next one on my list so I can try and forget about that. The music. It's called Finding the Chest off the extended soundtrack. It works perfectly and seamlessly with the mood of the scene. The mood of the scene. Not my mood. <laughs> the mood of the scene. So I did like that. Last on my list. Well, the music was actually last on my list. This is a missed opportunity. Okay. It's not seeing Norrington's face when the shovel actually hits the solid object under the sand. What we're going to presume is the chest. Mm. Norrington is also in the bit of this like disbelief with all this stuff that's happening. And I say that kind of like, in the disbelief. Like, is this really all, are we really on the right path kind of thing? Is this really going to really help? really here? Yeah.
0: Am I really doing this?
1: Yeah, and that's what I think. Because I wanted that look of holy shit. It's all true. Yeah. Did Jack's crazy compass just actually lead us to an island and the location of something buried in the sand? That's what I'm saying. Because, yeah, it did Norrington. That's exactly what happened. Yet we don't get the payoff. We don't see him. Well, we don't see him during like this entire time. He, or I should say, he's doing the entire time this thing of being half-assed, you know. I'm just tagging along with my own plan. Yeah. Really just irritated. Annoyed yeah. to be here. Annoyed that his life has gone this direction. But we don't get that realization that this may be all coming together. When we get Sparrow, I mean, Jack gets surprised instead. We see him, like, waking up out of the meditation. But Norrington, we don't even see that. No. The camera turns. We get, like, a back of his head. We can see he turns his head. I know that there's a look of shock there. How dare you, Gore, for editing that out. I know you captured it, you bastard.
0: He caught it. <laughs> you know he did. Yeah.
1: That was caught by another camera angle. But that bastard didn't do it. That was a missed opportunity. You heard it here first. Johnny's missed was more opportunity. Important. No, not in this thing. Norrington stole the whole scene. Jack could have been shown getting up. But I wanted to see Norrington's face when he actually hits Pater, let's say. Damn it. That got me a little riled.
0: I, it sounds like it.
1: I really did. I was expecting that. And I was. I almost was sitting there thinking, is there a way that we could rotate the camera right now? Because I want to imagine <laughs> what Norrington's face looks like. But no, I didn't get that. Yeah, it was a bummer. That was my list then. It was a list plus a missed opportunity. It's almost like, what was that? The penny saver from way back? If they even still make those. Wasn't there like missed connections or whatever the hell that was? The I penny saw.
0: Saver. Yeah, yeah, it was like the... Uh, maybe. Oh, maybe. I was, I was getting
1: coffee and I saw you also getting coffee. Yeah. Give me a shout. Yeah. You know?
0: I've been in TV shows too, though.
1: That's true, but I think that was actually a thing. Yeah. I believe it was actually a thing. Okay, I, I'll admit. I submitted one once.
0: It was like the last few pages of the... I think, I think it was a penny saver or something.
1: The only one I submitted is like, I was the pirate on the street corner. And you walked by and said, R... Misconnection. That was just the other day, actually. <laughs> so that was something I had to admit to you. That no, was, yours was. was.
0: I seen you in that pet short, pet shop window.
1: Why bring reality into this now? <laughs> now, now you've just hurt my feelings. You've, these are these memories are now With the
0: puppies jumping all over your head. <laughs> these memories,
1: th- those are deep scars. Now, now I have to relive that for the rest of the day. Oh yeah. my god. It's like Norrington, where have things gone in my life?
0: <laughs> okay, I can't stop looking at an enemy mouth.
1: You're jumping all the way there? Okay, go for yeah. it. Yeah. All right.
0: When we're, we're all on, over the place. We're, when um, David Jones is talking, I just can't stop looking at the guy's mouth. It's so weird looking.
1: Well, A, nobody can see you putting your fingers to your mouth, wiggling them.
0: <laughs> so, yeah, he
1: has like an an enemy mouth thing going on. Which yeah. would be very difficult to eat. That poor fella has to
0: <laughs> filter feed out of the air, or when he's
1: underwater. Yeah, that's that's not good. That's a
0: big body to filter feed. Well,
1: for. he's not. I guess filter feed is a wrong word. Kind of filter feed because they is catching debris on the tentacles. Which, if you recall from previous episodes, I think when we had our we had a run of talking about different types of cells and cell biology. The nematocyst. There you go. It was part of. A, you know, like with jellyfish and things, they have these really cool nematocysts that you know, like shoot out little harpoons. Anyways, you can revisit nice. that intriguing episode where <laughs> we talk about cell biology and marine biology. Did you have anything else on anemone, an mouth? No. Because I wanted to talk about Pintel and Rigetti. I really do have a few things to say about them.
0: The circus clowns?
1: Yeah. It's nothing negative, and it's all good. Okay. Well, maybe one is calling something into question. Because I kind of got the sense that they were a bit shocked by seeing the Dutchman submerge in the water. Okay, is that what was going on with them, or is it more that they were actually disturbed at seeing the Flying Dutchman in person?
0: I think they were disturbed
1: by seeing a ship go underwater, or seeing that that was the Dutchman. That's what I'm not. Okay, so it wasn't the underwater. It wasn't because these
0: guys are the major superstitious.
1: The major superstitious. These
0: guys are major superstitious. Okay. Okay, and they see the Dutchman. They know what the ship looks like or should look like. They see it go underwater and they're freaking out.
1: Well, that's what I wasn't sure. Because I don't know if it was not so much like about the supernatural ship going underwater itself. Yeah. Or the fact that it was in, the Dutchman actually is following them say. And that means that the Kraken could near, be nearby. Yes. Because they were just discussing Kraken action. So that was my question. Is it just a normal ship and all of a sudden they see it go underwater? Or did they know that it was the Flying Dutchman? They knew it was the Dutchman. That's where I was missing things a little bit. A little bit.
0: It's ridiculous.
1: It was a little ridiculous. But I mentioned both. That at least tells you I was aware of the situation.
0: I don't think you were.
1: I don't even know what to say to you anymore. The other thing that uh, caught my attention with Pintel and Rigetti is the circus talk. Because definitely I see these two entertaining themselves just like we see here. Some, Just
0: like any of us would entertain ourselves. Yeah, some parlor tricks
1: beach. with a dash of complaining about the man. I definitely see that happening <laughs> with them. But what caught my attention mostly about this is they actually mentioned the word circus. That's what caught my attention. So I jumped on that. Okay. Yeah, I did.
0: Bring us some circus information. You
1: got your ass right. Did they because, make it up? Because I figured circus-like events have been occurring for a long time. A long, long time. Well, yeah. that, that was my thing. Turns out the Romans kind of had something like it. Okay. Of course, the Romans did. But the modern circus, kind of the modern circus that they're talking about, that's what I was thinking about. Not like Roman circus stuff. Because the origin of the modern circus has been attributed to Philip Astley, who was born 1742 in Newcastle under Lyme, England. He became a cavalry officer who set up the first modern amphitheater for the display of horse riding tricks in Lambeth, London on April 4th, 1768. And Astley didn't originate trick horse riding, okay? Other people think. Okay. He's just, uh... He,
0: he set was up like, an arena for Yeah,
1: us. he was the first to introduce, like, the, the ring thing. You know, the, the circus rings. Other people had done acrobatics and that stuff. Yeah. But he was the first to create a space where all these acts were brought together to perform the show. Okay. He's like the ring master. The ring creator. One ring to rule them all. Astley rode in a circle rather than a straight line as his rivals did and thus changed on the format of performing in a circle. Astley performed stunts in a 42 foot diameter ring, which is the standard size used by circuses ever since. Oh wow. And he referred to the performance arena as a circle. And then as the building was an amphitheater, but these were to later be known as circus, a circus. Yeah. So in 1770, Astley hired acrobats, typewriter walkers, jugglers, and a clown to fill the pauses between acts. Huh. So it kind of fits the Pirates of the Caribbean timeline, I'm going to say so, in that general vicinity. Yeah. So I'm not going to call foul on this. So but it was a new experience.
0: Pantel and Rigetti did not necessarily invent the circus.
1: Oh, is that what, is that where we're going with? Is that they're actually inventing? No. So they didn't, yeah. They didn't invent the circus or the acts or anything like that. And... You know, if we really drill into it, they probably hadn't seen one. They probably wouldn't know about it, and they probably wouldn't have heard of the word. But because the timeline, I think, is a bit earlier on in Pirates of the Caribbean, we're going to let it slide. Because as I was saying, the term circus actually came about, well, it's been around for a while, but in the late 14th century. But it was in reference to the large oblong unroofed enclosures used for races in ancient Rome, which was from Latin circus ring, circular line. That's what it meant up, you know, and through the 14th century and beyond, right? Which was a basically applied by Romans to circular arenas for performances and contests and stuff for racing. It'd be like watching Ben Hur, kind of the chariot race thing, right? That was kind of a circus deal. But once this Astley guy did his thing, circus then took on the modern meaning and then the reference. Okay. So that's what I'm saying. But I'm going to give it to him, circus Afro. <laughs> Madagascar. That's all I'm now thinking about is a zebra singing about the circus. Afro. And I can't think of the words, even though they're like very minimal words. It's like circus, Afro, circus, Afro or something. But we we don't, I think we've talked about that before we on the have. show. Damn it. We can't bring it up. We're already repeating ourselves. We also have Jack meditating on the beach while Norrington is doing all the work. He's got his fingers in the mudra.
0: You actually looked that up?
1: You bet your Afro circus I did.
0: <laughs> you bet.
1: <laughs> And it's weird the things that I will drill down on in a minute for some reason. But the intention of the Gayan Mudra is to improve your concentration and sharpen your memory. Try holding this mudra while meditating for insight into your life or a specific issue. And it's performed by touching your index fingertip to the tip of your thumb while holding your other three fingers straight. So Jack is trying to get a bit of insight into his life while he's sitting here.
0: He's trying to get a bit of... Is she right for me or is she not? <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Shall I give up the pirate life for the woman or shall I keep the pirate life?
1: I don't know if he's going that far. Oh He's no? like, can I give it up for 10 minutes <laughs>
0: and then come back to it?
1: But this is, this is like really on point with all this stuff because the continued theme is this bit of confusion. And we mentioned it a little bit earlier. Kind of things are lost. Which direction is he and Elizabeth going to take for their life paths, let's say. We talk about it constantly as it keeps popping up. So I don't want to deep dive into it again, but I'm going to point it out when it comes up, just like now. But unfortunately, this is all colored for me since after seeing American Pie, that guy who has the hots for Stifler's mom, all tantric meditates for that sexual suppression. Because now I think of poor Jack getting the runaround from Ms. Elizabeth and you know the tease. He's all backed up. The guy is all backed up right now. I mean, I see him in the midst of meditating and I think of Stifler's mom. And all hell breaks loose. Because now I feel bad for Jack. That movie has tainted me. Tainted, I say. It's like tainted love. But that's what came to my mind. He's sitting there meditating after Elizabeth teased him and all this. That is just not good. Poor Jack. That's what American Pie is done to
0: me. He's getting ready.
1: Yeah. But you may not know that meditation is in fact older than American Pie 2 and Pirates of the Caribbean. Some of the earliest references to meditation are found in the Hindu Vedas of India. There's this dude with the last name Wilson, because now I forgot what his uh, first name was. And he translated the most famous Vedic mantra. And he translated the most famous Vedic mantra, Gayatri. And A, pronunciation is not my strong suit on this. So (laughs) bite your tongues out there if I'm wrong. And here it goes. As we meditate, and I I already messed it up. We meditate on that desirable light of the divine Savitri, who influences our pious rites. There. That is the most famous Vedic mantra. Oh, really? Yeah. Around the 6th to the 5th centuries BCE, other forms of meditation developed via Confucianism, Taoism in China, as well as Hinduism, Jainism, and early Buddhism in Nepal and India. But in the Roman Empire, by 20 BCE... Philo of Alexandria had written on some form of spiritual exercises involving attention and concentration. And by the 3rd century, Plotinus had developed meditative techniques. So, meditation. Let's just say old. We'll just put the stamp of old on that. It's antique. There we go. Antique. Antique. You know where we're at, actually, right now? Where are all these characters? How much have you actually done? A, are you even here today?
0: Morta de la Cruza. (laughs)
1: <laughs> I don't even know what
0: it's <laughs> So ridiculous.
1: It's like he combined <laughs> this movie with Black Pearl. You're like, oh, I'm going to cross my fingers and throw in a bunch of Spanish kind of words that I think I know. <laughs> Isla Cruces. Isla Cruces. You can say it both ways.
0: <laughs> well, I got the end part right.
1: No, you kind of did. So we're on Isla Cruces. In these minutes. But given a bit of legend and what comes later in the minutes, I'm just going to leave it there for now. I'm not going to really get into the other stuff. So no fancy descriptions of the island in regards to Pirates of the Caribbean lore. But My one question about the island. What?
0: Are there cannibals on it?
1: I sure hope not. Because we spent like, what, 20, 21 minutes on that? (laughs) Man, that that. was a long time. Now imagine if we were doing one episode at that time per week. Just a couple of minutes. That would be weeks upon weeks of doing it. That wouldn't have been good. But I will say that this little island getaway was filmed on Exuma. Montezuma? Not Montezuma. Exuma, a district of the Bahamas. Which is actually consisting of over 365 islands that are also called Ks. Maybe I'll touch on that in a second. But since we got to see Sparrow Swan, Norrington, you know.
0: And Teller Getty.
1: The three amigos walk the white K, I thought, hell, what other pirates have also done so? Who else has walked those white sandy beaches? Besides is in the song. Turns out Exuma has a long history and parts of it are maybe a little dark. But its history of piracy is both, let's just say, dangerous and thrilling. Because there's a reason they filmed Pirates of the Caribbean here. Because many famous real-life pirates in history sailed the seas of Exuma. And there are even rumors of buried treasure on the islands. So here are some of the pirates that once walked the sandy beaches. At the peak of the pirate era in the mid-1600s. I'm going to hold a second here. Got a lot of history kind of stuff going on this time. that you do. That's interesting. I was doing some of the history, and I think I was talking about it, so it must have been a subconscious thing to start doing it. Not just talking about stuff that's coming up in a minute, but now I got like pirate stuff too, so it's history and pirate history. It's amazing. yeah, people are here for that now, kind of sorry, guys. yeah, class is kind of in session. It's a loose summer schoolish thing, <laughs> but it has been estimated that there were approximately fourteen hundred pirates operating in the Caribbean. And the key location for this black market trading by pirates was Nassau. It was Nassau. Why did I, why couldn't I say that the first time? I have no clue. That was weird. But anyways, most pirates were said to have their own secret shelter out of sight of the authorities where they could safely repair their ships and get some uh, R&R. Blackbeard called Nassau home, but was well known to visit other islands in the Bahamas. And he was even appointed magistrate by his fellow pirates of their privateers republic, which was basically the pirates version of the government. We talked about some of this a little yeah. bit in season one and stuff. And he was eventually driven out of Nassau, but it took five shots and 20 cutlass wounds to take him down in the end. Needless to say, this legend lives on today. Because some of you may have heard of Blackbeard. Maybe. Captain William Kidd, is probably the most famous pirate of Exuma. Originally a Scottish sailor, he eventually joined a French-English pirate crew under Captain Jean Fantine. During one voyage, the crew mutinied with Kidd taking over. And the Captain Kidd, the Captain Kidd as I like to call him, proved himself to be an experienced leader and sailor. Part of his lasting legacy has to do with rumors of him leaving behind buried treasure, with some people believing it's on Exuma. Hmm, be pretty cool.
0: I wouldn't mind finding it.
1: Uh, I'm going to say I might not either. It'd be a hassle, but you know, I'll deal with it. I'll live with it. <laughs> Elizabeth Harbor near Georgetown is believed to be one of Captain Kidd's favorite safe havens. And his legacy lives on in Exuma, with multiple spots being named after him. And due to... This being one of kids' favorite do hiding do? spots. And do, do two. Oh, and you do said do too. do. And do two are to do to. <laughs> that, this is why they think that maybe some of his treasure resides there. Because that was his favorite spot. He was hanging out. It's like, hey, maybe we should just bury it where we're hanging out. So who knows? I mean, it could be somewhere else. Or it could be somewhere here in the Exuma Caves. Somewhere. And Bonnie and Mary Reed are the... Two most famous female pirates, although they were known to dress up as men at times, Elizabeth style. They were known for their short fuses and hot tempers, Heather style, That made them just as fierce as the men they fought alongside. Hmm. Both women worked with Calico Jack's ship, or on Calico Jack's ship, kind of the uh, Black Sails thing. Yeah. Loosely A some of A lot of this that. is
0: Black Sails stuff.
1: Yeah, that is true. It's like that show's about pirates, something. Maybe. Yeah. Unfortunately, they were both eventually caught as women, because they were disguised as men. And they claimed to be pregnant, which delayed their hanging. And Mary eventually died of a fever in prison. But Anne gave birth to a baby and was later reprieved. She disappeared and was never heard of again.
0: Mm. With the baby or without?
1: That's a good question. What if she ended up dressing like a man and then dressed the baby as the opposite sex? Or as a baby pirate? Nobody would see that coming. No. Calico Jack, born Jack Rackham. See black sails again. Was well known for his iconic striped trousers and coat. He always wore. He overthrew Charles Vane. This is all black Sail stuff. Yeah. Another well-known pirate after Vane failed to attack a French man of war. Calico Jack later met Anne Bonny on New Providence who left her husband and joined his crew. Calico Jack has a unique legacy though. As he's not so much remembered for being a great fighter, a good captain, or even being a, a wealthy gentleman. When a pirate hunter finally caught up to him, Calico Jack and his crew cowered in the hull below, leaving Anne, Bonnie, and Mary Reed to fight alone. They were all eventually caught, and despite his poor ending, Calico Jack is still remembered for being one of the best pirates who sailed the Caribbean. Hmm. Calico, you cowardly coward yeah. jack.
0: You leave the women to fight?
1: Hmm. Now that I'm thinking about that, that sounds like a hell of a solid plan. Uh, send the women folk up. That was probably not. That was politically incorrect to me. Yeah. I stand corrected. Kind of. Heather, I think I hear something. Go downstairs and check it out.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Getting back to our location, Exuma was settled in or around 1783 by American loyalists fleeing the Revolutionary War, actually. The expatriates brought a cotton plantation economy to the islands. And Georgetown was named in honor of George III to whom the settlers maintained their loyalty. Huh. Which George III, he's on the paperwork here, the documents, the become a privateer, you know, that whole thing. Maybe you've seen Dead Man's Chest. Maybe. Yeah. So that's all going on right now. John Roll, first Baron Roll, as I like to call him, a major loyalist settler of the Exumas, is a major figure in the island's heritage. And upon his death in 1842, he bestowed all of his significant land holdings to his slaves. As a result, towns of Great Exuma, such as Rollville and Rolltown, were named after him. Huh. And the Exumas are his, the historic home of the Lucayan natives who were wholly enslaved in the 16th century, who were wholly enslaved. By that, when I say that, I mean all of them. All these Lucayan, maybe it's Lucayan, Lucayan natives were all enslaved. Every single one of them. Really? Yeah, the whole wow. population in the 16th century, leaving the islands uninhabited until the 18th century. 200 years. Jeez. Yeah, in the intervening period, the Exumas provided many hideouts, as we were talking about, for pirates. That's why it kind of opened it up. That's insane, though. Yeah, it is. In the 1500s, you rounded up everybody on these islands.
0: Ridiculous. All of them,
1: gone. Yeah. It's a bit of a downer, though.
0: That it is.
1: Talking about enslaving the entire native population in the Exumas. It's pretty low. I don't like it. But there is a good turn here. Not for those guys. Trust me, they didn't see a good turn. For the show right now. Because there is something good about the Exumas. Besides the pirate action. It's called Pig Beach, also known as Pig Island, and officially Big Major K. It's an uninhabited island located in the Bahamas, like I'm talking about here we are. The island takes its official name from the fact that it is populated by a colony of feral pigs that live on the island and in the surrounding shallow waters. Huh. Yeah. In the water? In the shallows, let's say. The pigs are said to have been dropped off on Big Major K by a group of sailors who wanted to come back and cook them. The sailors though never return. The pigs survived on excess food dumped from passing ships. Wow. And then one other legend has it that the pigs were survivors of a shipwreck and managed to swim to shore, while another lore claims that the pigs had escaped from a nearby islet. Others suggest that the pigs were part of a business scheme to attract tourists to the Bahamas. Oh, well, you gotta go to the Bahamas and see the and pigs.
0: See, yeah. Gotta go quiet oh. to see the chickens.
1: We yeah, exactly. We can't uh there's no way to see pigs on the mainland. Uh, let's go to the Bahamas. <laughs> you know? And the pigs are now fed by locals and tourists, and the island is unofficially known as Pig Beach by the locals. Huh. And if you actually go look for it, you can see pigs swimming around in the water.
0: Seriously? Yeah. Well, that's awesome. Just
1: uh, hanging out. Go to look at the pig island, pig beach. You'll see, yeah, pigs will get hot and they got to take a dip. And you know they're just waiting for the tourists to come in. Oh, my God, what are they going to bring us this time? <laughs> It's a whole probably, they swim
0: out to the boats. Maybe that's what they're doing.
1: <laughs> like, hell, oh, look at these guys are waiting on the beach. I'm going to the source. Because what are you going to do? If you see a pig swimming around, you're going to throw out some food. Well,
0: of course. And there you go.
1: Because we're still talking about the island here. David Copperfield, famed, I was going to say musician, but magician, has a private island out there. In 2006, he paid $50 million for 11 Bahamian islands, including Musha where he spends about 10 weeks a year at a compound he built there. Wow. And there's a reason I'm bringing this up, because you're going to like it. But I'm going to get to that in a second, because it has to do with animals again. Because there's an outdoor movie theater, a 10,000 square foot main house, and nearly two kilometers sandbar that can be explored during low tide. Okay? But yeah. here's here's why I really bring this up in bringing this to you. Copperfield staff have bred macaws that are trained to pick up flotsam and jetsam that have washed ashore, and then they deposit it in receptacles.
0: Well, that's pretty awesome. Put it in
1: the trash can. Wow. Yeah. Musha K, huh?
0: They keep the island clean. Yeah.
1: You got a uh, janitorial macaws. That's pretty cool. That it is. And this location, Musha K, is actually, that's uh, not just like David Copperfield for this movie thing, but it's actually had weddings of Google co-founder Sergi Bran, a couple of Pirates of the Caribbean wedding folks as well. Oh, really? Penelope Cruz on Stranger Tides. Yeah. She does, uh, she's a, uh, let's just, without spoiling too much, Blackbeard's daughter. There you go. And Javier Bardem. Oh, really? Yeah. Our good old Salazar. Salazar. Been married out there. So there you go. Oh, and I guess I should say Johnny Depp when he was making the, you the film. He got married out there? Well, and I haven't looked lately, but, he, you know, being out there, I'm sure that you just fall in love with the place. Yeah. Especially when you're out there filming Pirates of the Caribbean for quite a while. But he bought Little Halls Pond K in 2004. And his favorite local hangout is reported to be Santana's Grill, a beach spot on Little Exuma, where cracked conch and grilled lobster are served from a rickety red and yellow wooden shack.
0: Oh, huh, very cool!
1: But given all his money troubles and everything since 2004, I don't know if he still owns it. I, I don't know. I didn't look, but I just thought he had at one point, and it has a tie-in. So there you go. It's kind of what I got. Yeah. So that that let's just say that wraps up island chatter. We'll call that segment Island Chatter, <laughs> post-naming post it, but not really giving it a theme song because mm, doubt it will come up again. But that was stuff that I found interesting, let's just say, while checking out the Bahamas. Very cool. There you go. I
0: have one more question for you. Thanks
1: for announcing it. Now I'm prepared. You're welcome. Oh. It's like a pop quiz, but without the pop. It's exactly. just a quiz.
0: How does Will go underwater with the Flying Dutchman?
1: That's a good question. I completely forgot about that.
0: You forgot about Will, didn't you? I
1: did forget about Will. I think they wanted everybody to forget about Uh Will. What is Will doing?
0: Because he can't go underwater like that.
1: Well, he can. He's not one of them. He can go underwater. He
0: can go underwater, but he's got to hold his breath. He's not one of them. That's
1: what I'm saying. He can go underwater, but can he stay underwater? Right. I forgot about that part.
0: And can he take that force of going underwater like that?
1: That's... A lot of force. Right. To hold on to. Unless he's tucked right into the mouth of the ship there. Okay. getting pushed against it. If he's tucked
0: in that mouth, he's still got all that force of water coming in on him.
1: Yeah. It would be like... It gets squished his, in his there. His cheeks are yeah. flattened out. That's a good question. How long are they underwater? And how does Will do that? Because we don't really see where Will is or when he right. pops up. So I guess that's going to be future minutes. But... That is something we should put a pin in and have to discuss when it comes back up or we see Will and all that kind of stuff.
0: Put a pin in that one.
1: I will. But that's a very good question. Yeah. I completely forgot. You didn't forgot.
0: Even think about Will.
1: Now, now I think that I needed to add a missed opportunity to my list. So I had the one about Norrington, but the other one is kind of wanted to see Will Where now. Will? Deciding this is not going to be good as they start right? to go underwater. Like, oh my God. Yeah, now I want I mean, to see that. I mean, he'd
0: have to be somewhere in the hull of sea? this sh- ship or...
1: He can't be anywhere. There's Okay, maybe there's air traps somewhere below deck. But from what I've seen of the ship... It's pretty holy. That's right. Yes. Filled with holes. Okay, we'll go from there.
0: Wait to see where we yeah, is.
1: Yeah, that's a good question though. Something it's it's good to bring up and, and think about. Because
0: even, I mean, normal, even if he... He would get sucked down with the ship. It could possibly drown if he got if he was like above it or somewhere where he got I loose don't know of how the much, ship.
1: I don't know how much of that is lore and legend that you get sucked all the way down or sucked down much. That I don't know. Okay. I I would have to go back and look at the physics of that. And is that something that people were just afraid of, or is that actually a reality that you can get sucked below? Hmm. Or significantly sucked below where you can't float back up, that kind of thing. That's my thought. Okay. There you go. Okay. Anything else?
0: No. Nope.
1: Because uh, I'm thinking. Well, I'm thinking it's almost like contest winner announcement time.
0: Finally, jeez. Yeah,
1: exactly. About damn time. I say. Because we are only delayed making the announcement a few days. Uh, kind of. Well, uh, semi. <laughs> semi few days. Shortish delay. I have a little asterisk there. That way. With a little note down below that says, (laughs) you can lie all you want, but that's more than a couple days. (laughs) But a weekend episode drop. Everyone's ready to hear if they won or not. I'm sure. Dare I say, Cynthia. Did I win? No, you didn't win. And remember, I gotta preface this. Remember, (laughs) it comes with a sword. There's no stabbings. No stabbings. This is a prop, a display piece. Black Pearl Show does not endorse pirate behavior. Ironic, isn't it?
0: (laughs) Sorry, there's no more cracking, though.
1: No, exactly. Heather tried to steal it. But no, that will be going out with the prize package. Okay, let's get this rolling. We had almost 300 entries. The post reached more than 3,000 people. We did multiple posts, but I didn't add all those up. But I did get all the entries from it, though. But the one is over 3,000, so it's definitely safe to say that is the case, that we reached that many people. And I'm pretty happy with that. And I'm glad to have everybody on board with the show, too. Yes, even though I dropped the ball lately... No rehashing that stuff at the beginning of the show, but yeah, I'm glad to have everybody joining us. But before we get all that winter stuff here, thought I'd like to share a few of the comments we received on why people like Pirates of the Caribbean. (laughs) Actually, teasing things is kind of fun. Now I know why TV shows, movies, radio, and everyone does it. It's highly irritating to the listener, but fun for the host. A bit of psychological torture. A bit of I'm pirate torture. I'm
0: not sure we can announce the winner today.
1: Mostly in good fun, but you're right. Maybe we should delay this another three or four weeks. <laughs> okay, no, we'll actually do it. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sound off on some of the comments first that I pulled out. A few of them. Mariah Armitage. In 2003, when it premiered, I never had expected Captain Jack to have been so quick-witted and funny. His character is so dynamic that it's impossible to not love him in this series. And I love that the movie has scenes from the ride. All around, just a great series that has such a great plot, and I'm a fan for life. Thanks, Mariah. Heather Huddle. Because it's the kind of movie that makes even an adult want to go out and play pirate when the movie ends. You're damn right. Who doesn't want to go swinging swords around? Banging ingots. All that stuff. (laughs) It's Will Turner reference. What the hell are you talking about? (laughs) That's all I'm talking about. Will Turner. Some pirate action. As long as our compasses all work. Ashley Dennison. Wow, I'm... Always been into Pirates so naturally I wanted to see these movies. But having Johnny Depp as the main character, there was no way I wouldn't see these movies. I just love them. And I love all the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. I wish they hadn't ended. Well, Ashley, looks like Pirates of the Caribbean 6 is in the works. So in a year or two, look for that to come back. You might just have your wish fulfilled. Kind of Disney-like. Disney is in the business of making wishes come true. That's true. So there you go. Jenna Colbert, it's great escapism. You can become a pirate for a few hours and then return to your regular life. But you can always go back whenever you want. Ah, there you Mm, go. Yes. That's why I miss the show. When we get delayed, it's like I kind of feel something's missing.
0: Well, there is something missing. Yeah,
1: the show. That's what I just said. (laughs) So really, there is. But yeah, I miss it, though. I miss when I'm not doing it. miss when I'm not talking about it. But I agree. That's why I included her comment. I did like it. Brian Paula I love the ride ever since I was little. All the scenes, and I can see the story that Walt had intended for us to see. And then with the Pirates movies extending the story from a ride to an extraordinary beloved franchise that expands our pirate imagination, I can't wait for more to come. Yeah. Me neither. Exactly. That was a nice one. Daniel T. Hoisington ah! MacArthur. I'm sorry, Daniel, I just slaughtered your name.
0: <laughs> really bad.
1: How dare you? Dang it. You know, and he's an avid listener. He's a contributor. Movies by Minute Aficionado. Yeah, I I slayed it. That's my bad on that. Anyways, he says, I love the movies for the beautiful locations and the great action scenes. Also love the soundtracks. Yeah. Great soundtracks. I love the scenes too. That's why I was talking about some of the locations. The cinematography is good. Yeah. Underwater shots. We are there with you, Daniel. Colleen. Oh, my God. I apologize in advance there, Colleen. Colleen Negrete Kartak. I hope I'm at least in the vicinity that you go, (laughs) maybe that's me. (laughs) Anyway, she uh, says the Pirates of the Caribbean movies give me a thrill full of fun and enjoyable caricatures. They bring me into a dream world to escape into for a few hours. Exactly. Yep. Cynthia Ann Hurt. I like the Pirates of the Caribbean movie franchise because they let us escape the ordinary, wrap us up in a good tale of yonder years and let us dream that we too can take charge of our life and pursue our passions epic in scale but down to earth so we all can relate it's a pirate's life for me mate ah cynthia ain't that the truth it really is and i think that's what is so crazy thrilling about the pirate stuff is because it it brings you it's not like focusing in on the craziness of the times you know the diseases the smells i mean okay there's some of that (laughs) but it's like a good part of it it's romanticized version of that time and pirates yeah so that's what makes it fun yeah That's what I have to say. But the winner. Are we ready for the actual winner now?
0: Who's the winner? Oh, sorry. Time ran out.
1: You're not going to let that go, are you? You're going to keep trying to extend it. (laughs) Yep. Out of everyone that joined in for some pirate gear, a pirate prize package, I was actually glad to see someone from our Cursed Listeners Crew Facebook group take home the prize. As a reminder, the prize package is a pewter Pirates of the Caribbean logo pen, a 17th century Spanish colonial coin, Freaking 1600s, actually from the 1600s. A crack and metalworked wall decoration.
0: That's no longer in the prize.
1: It's in the prize. And a sword, a pirate sword. There you go. Like I said, no stabbings. There's no stabbings. And by the time this comes out, I'm going to have teased in the Cursed Listeners Crew Facebook group the random number generator that gave us the winner. It was lucky number eight.
0: Wow, really? Yeah,
1: lucky number eight. Huh. That's the one. First try. And just who did that correspond to? And like I said, there was no cheating. Everybody got piled into the...
0: Number generator? The
1: thing, the list. The list was scrambled and then numbered. And then a random number generator, thanks to Google, pulled out after one click, the number. And Heather was there. She can attest to me going, wow, that is pretty crazy. Because... It corresponds to none other than longtime listener Doug Barbeau. Freaking Doug Barbeau. Oh, wow,
0: really? Yeah.
1: Well, blow me down. Movie Minute. Well, he's like the uh, the master of Movie Minutes. He listens to practically all of them, or at least he tried at some point, And I'll have to connect to see if he's still able to do that. But yeah, Doug Barbeau takes the prize, the second annual listener contest winner. Thanks for listening, Doug, and all that jazz. A Movies by Minute, like I said, all-star for sure.
0: Now, if you don't want that cracking.
1: <laughs> don't give it to Heather. <laughs> Not that I want to take away from Doug, but I think it's safe to say that Heather was pulling for you, Cynthia. I think she really was. But alas, that random number generator favored Doug. And Spencer is also going to be pissed.
0: Poor Spencer. Yeah. Poor Cynthia.
1: But next season, another shot. Maybe we'll... We're, we're talking about doing some kind of other thing, but I don't want to get into that right now in case it doesn't happen or I can't make it work or whatever. But yeah, so keep posted. Maybe something... For the Cursed Listeners Crew group only. So if you haven't joined that, definitely you need to jump into our Cursed Listeners Crew Facebook group. And then you'll know if I'm doing something else or we're doing something else for the show or a giveaway or whatever. But once again, Doug, I'm going to be in touch. Can't believe you won.
0: Congratulations, Doug. Can't believe
1: you won fair and square without us pirate cheating. (laughs) It really was good. But now I think he's really thankful he jumped on board the extra contest entries. Giving us a review, that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Giving us a shout like, "Hey, I did that!" Yeah, gave him some bonus uh, entries. But now, uh, I think that's an officially a great way to wrap up the show, handing out some pirate gear.
0: Yeah, I guess so.
1: And that it's good that somebody listens all the time and all that kind of stuff wins. Not that I didn't wouldn't have been happy to give it to any of the other listeners out there who entered. So yeah, before we completely sign off, we'll just let let let's have something for Doug to celebrate with, and then I'll be right back. Adventure is into the future pirates will prevail finally we've conquered death all our worries gone every night our souls will not rest till the break of dawn when the show sails on back into beyond over again when i sing my song that's my home until the end centuries across the sea there's not enough for me all i want is to be free and hail captain blood on and on, eternally. With life of piracy Hail the curse of Gilmagy And hail Captain Blood So thanks for listening, Scallywags. If you like the show, give us a review on iTunes. It helps us out and we greatly appreciate it. Have a question or comment? Give us a call at 8637-PIRATE. We just might play your voicemail on the show. You can also give us a shout at podcast at blackpearlshow.com And don't forget to join the post-episode brawls on Facebook, our Facebook listeners group, and on Twitter. If you're interested in Best of Clips, you can sometimes find me on SoundCloud. Rarely. But it needs to happen at some point. All the links are on blackpearlshow.com. It is that easy. We'll be back next week. Most likely. That's the plan. It's on the docket. But we are pirates. So technically, that is what's on schedule. Or should I say next week or this week? We'll be back uh, later again this week. That's it. It's later again this week. With another episode of the Black Pearl Show. We'll be tackling minutes 106 or 107 unless something else jumps in. That's a dead man's chest. Someone has to uh, continue delivering Pirates of the Caribbean info to the masses. So I guess that's us. The dirty, filthy bilge rats we are. Analyzing, scrutinizing, and plundering. All that fun stuff. So until then, scallywags, let's keep the horns swoggling to a minimum. And congratulations to Doug. Congratulations, Doug. Centuries across the sea is not enough for me. All I want is to be free and hail Captain Blood. On and on eternally, what life of piracy? Hail the curse of Gilmenci. and hail Captain Blood. Hail Captain Blood listening to The Black Pearl Show, and we appreciate it, scallywags. Pirates don't need those stinking disclaimers, but just for fun, I think all you dirty, filthy buildrats know that Disney and Bruckheimer Films have no affiliation with us at all, and we have none with those blooming cockroaches. We talk about Pirates of the Caribbean, which is their property, and all that other fun stuff. But I think it's obvious what's ours and what's theirs. There's no need to blur the lines or stir up a bloody rum-filled sweat. As for the music, that's with permission or licensed under Creative Commons. So let's give a shout out to Ross Bugden, Six Nail Coffin, and Tommy Wynn. The rest, well, that's just me. Oh, and maybe Heather. <laughs> This is a Shoutreach Media Production.